The present is very bright for Missouri football, but so is the future. The trend even more towards Ryan Wingo with more information coming out. He's going to attend homecoming this Saturday. So lots of excitement around the South Carolina game. Let's talk about it all coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And just as a reminder, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. And you know what? Football comes becomes a lot easier when you have multiple stud wide receivers on your team. And certainly so far, Missouri's wide receiver core been one of the best parts of the team. A very much improved part of the team, despite, well, Dominic Lovett making his way down to Athens, Georgia here this offseason. So I want to talk a little later in the show about all of the different units of this Missouri football team, whether they're better, worse, or or the same so far, just a little over the halfway point in the season. But you know what? Once again here, I'm surprised I got to start off with recruiting information because it sounds like there's a decision coming very, very soon for a five-star St. Louis High School wide receiver, Ryan Wingo. I should say St. Louis University High wide receiver, Ryan Wingo. Again, coming quote, very, excuse me, coming soon, according to his family. So we're not just talking about speculation here at this point. I gave you a bunch of different speculation from across the recruiting landscape yesterday. Well, this is direct information coming from his family that a decision's coming very soon. And I think everybody realizes this has got to be a positive for Missouri, especially when Wingo is going to be in Columbia for homecoming here at 2.30 kickoff here on Saturday afternoon. So a lot of excitement here around the Missouri football program. As I pointed out, hey, a win, a loss could still be a win here for Missouri after that LSU game. It just showed what this place can be when Missouri football is truly good, truly exciting as this season has been so far. It's really been a long time since you could be this deep into October if you're a Missouri fan and, and truly let yourself dream at the possibilities. And indeed, you get in somebody, get somebody like Ryan Wingo in the fold as it looks like Missouri is going to, along with Williams Winery, arguably the best defensive player in the high school class. Boy, you can really start to dream for future years too, can't you? Especially imagine adding Wingo to what is already a really good Missouri receiving core. I know Theo Weiss, I believe this is his last season. Luther Burden will absolutely be back next season, along with many others. Obviously, Marquise Johnson. So, plenty to be excited about. But also, speaking of the future, just want to point this out quickly, because there isn't a lot of information right now. Yesterday, Missouri unveiled what they called their master plan. <laughs> ah, yes, a master plan. Who doesn't love that? But seriously, there really wasn't a whole lot of information information here other than 
It was kind of a, a, a heads up. A month from yesterday, it'll be November 16th. Well, apparently the board of curators is going to unveil quite a bit about what the north end zone complex, for lack of a better term, is going to look like in the future. So they called it a, a, a reimagination construction of several new competition venues. So not just the North Concourse, but who knows, perhaps baseball will be getting a facelift of some sort. What's to be done with the Hearn Center? In other words, lots to be unveiled here. I will just say all of the, there's been some leaked, uh, leaked, I'll put that in extremely sarcastic air quotes here. I saw Barstool Mizzou's Twitter account put out, well, it looks like uh, the renderings have leaked for the North End Zone. And I thought, my goodness, if that's the level of graphic design that the Missouri Athletic Department can afford at this point, I got to hook him up with my friend Mara, who is a much better graphic designer than that by about a million fold. So I think Barstool Mizzou may have been had in, the, in that particular case. I don't think that's the actual renderings here, but I, I guess I could be proven wrong, but I kind of doubt it. But regardless, here in about a month, we'll have some better information on what that North End Zone complex and the all the other plans are going to look like. Now on the injury front for Missouri, unfortunately, Chad Bailey is going to be out again for the Tigers against South Carolina. What his status is, obviously, for Georgia then following the bye week up in the air at this point. Disappointing to hear that he's had a bit of a setback, obviously, it would seem. The only other the two notable names on the injury report right now, Ennis Rakestraw and Cody, Sh- Cody Schrader, excuse me, questionable before the ball game. And again, I, I thought Cody Schrader just had a lot on his plate, a few too many touches considering. I thought he was pretty obviously limited. I saw I saw my new buddy Clayton Baker, former Missouri cornerback, got into a bit of a back and forth online with some people saying much the same thing. And you know, I think what Clayton was saying was exactly what I was saying. It's not that we don't like Cody Schrader. It's not that we don't think he's a great story or a good player in this conference. It's just that him not being at 100% to ask to put that on his plate I thought was way too much. What does that say about the staff and their thoughts about the rest of the running backs on the roster? That would really be my question. Nathaniel Pete obviously had his ups and downs so far in his return to Columbia. Got a surprisingly few amount of touches against Kentucky, I would say, especially in a world where we heard a lot about freshman running back Jamal Roberts in the preseason. Well, he's been a complete non-factor. If he's played a snap so far, if he's touched the ball so far this season, I definitely have not noticed it. So somebody correct me if I'm wrong there. But regardless, if he's played any action whatsoever, it's been completely, it's been just a non-factor. Let's put it that way. So again, that's a little worrisome for me. The running back position right now for Missouri, I think the passing game will do just fine against South Carolina if their defense against Florida last week is any indication, but sure would be nice to get that Missouri running game going. Now, the Sunday morning after the Missouri victory over Kentucky, I called it the best victory of the Eli Drinkwitz era. Now, some people would say that, hey, 2020 LSU was better. I'm not going to have a big argument against that. That was a fantastic victory and certainly a day 
that I'm not going to ever forget as a Missouri fan. But from Eli Drinkwood's perspective, he says, quote, you look back at the Kentucky game and we didn't play particularly well. We can't be satisfied on just winning. We have to be focused on improving. Winning doesn't negotiate. It costs what it costs to win football games, and we've got to pay the price. So basically what Eli Drinkwitz is saying, winning isn't free. It costs a hefty, hefty fee. If you don't put in your buck 05, who will? Sorry, I couldn't help myself with that Team America reference there, people. But the point is, I like Eli Drinkwitz's message there because when people like me, idiots with a microphone like myself, are blowing smoke up your team's tuchus for an entire week about how great they're playing, oh, what a great win, guys, way to go. That's actually the perfect strategy in the moment where, as a coach, you want to grab that balloon and pull it back down to earth a little bit. And speaking of coming back to earth, Luther Burden's streak of five straight 100-yard games, six straight games to start the season with at least 96 yards receiving, came crashing down to earth a little bit against Kentucky. Just two receptions for 15 yards, one carry for an extra six yards for Luther Burden. Is this something that Missouri fans should be worried about? Has Kentucky figured out the special sauce, the magical scheme to stop Luther Burden? Well, I actually want to compare Luther to, who is, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL and a guy that I've had a massive love-hate relationship with over the years. So let's talk about that. But first, I want to tell you about LinkedIn jobs, because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. So you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs, because they help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And again, with your small business, you don't just want to gamble. This is the most important decision you can possibly make. Either this person that you're going to hire is going to make your life so much better and you cannot wait to give them money at the end of the week, or quite possibly they're going to ruin your life and you can't wait to get rid of them fast enough. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has helped you, is here to help you make that process so much more efficient, and better, and they're going to help you find exactly who you want. So again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Since I'm also a massive Kansas City Chiefs fan, along with my Tigers fandom, you might have guessed that I was talking about Tyreek Hill in terms of a guy who I've had the biggest love-hate relationship with in my in my fandom period in any sport. I can promise you that because in my mind, after the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill recently, I was going, man, this guy is the most explosive player I've seen in the NFL since at least Michael Vick, I, I went back to Randy Moss. Now, I got some pushback against that, but the point is, I still think that Hill is the best wide receiver in the NFL today and has been for a few seasons now, in my opinion. But despite all of that, 
boy, it was really tough to defend him as a human being a lot of times. Some absolutely horrific decision-making off the field and occasionally some bad decision-making on the field too. So just a little bit of a preamble there if you wondered what I was talking about. But the point is, let's compare Tyreek Hill and his incredible production for the Miami Dolphins this season to Luther Burden because I did have one commenter on YouTube, Mike Howard, said, Kentucky found a way to take Luther Burden completely out of the game. Brady Cook looked exactly like last year without him taking away those 15 stare-down targets to Burden. He is the same as 22. Well, I completely disagree with this, by the way, but let's continue. Whatever they did, that blueprint is now on film, and it scares me. Notice Mike says, whatever they did, that blueprint is now on film, and it scares me. So he doesn't know what they did. He just thinks that, oh, I guess Kentucky found the formula. What the formula is, who the heck knows, but apparently it's that magical that none of us can figure it out. But anyway, we need another receiver to step up big time. Every team sees, excuse me, every team we see from here on has athletes that can match up. Vandy, Middle Tennessee State, those schools are not on the schedule the rest of the way. On the bright side, defense looked like last year's defense in the second half. Well, again, the reason I want to compare Luther Burden to Tyreek Hill is not necessarily because they're similar players, but because people just assume, if you're not following every single week, that, well, I guess the the major NFL superstars must get 100 yards every single week, right? Well, that would be wrong, because even if you pull up Tyreek Hill's incredible stats so far this season, you'll see a couple ball games there where he had Three receptions for 58 yards and five receptions for 40 yards. So after those games, if you were thinking to yourself, oh no, the league has figured out. The New England Patriots in week two, for instance, Belichick has put the blueprint out there for the rest of the league to slow down Tyreek Hill. After that five receptions for 40 yards, well, that was sandwiched between week one where he had 11 for 215 the following week against Denver. Of course, Denver, a terrible defense, 9 for 157. But again, three more huge games for Tyreek Hill after that after that game against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So I'm not exactly seeing that the blueprint was laid out there. The point is, I'm not trying to dunk on Mike Howard here. The point is, I'm just trying to say that receivers, hey, this is kind of the nature of the game. Sometimes the ball doesn't come your way sometimes it does come your way just without the perfect accuracy or timing that you would like I've said all year that I think Theo Weiss is better than the numbers and as usual I think that was the case against Kentucky he had good numbers against Kentucky but he could have had even more when he picked up some defensive pass interference yards that I frankly should should count for the receiver in the box score we should at least note that when a receiver picks up huge penalty yards and gets a first down on a, on a defensive holding, a DPI, whatever it might be, that stuff counts. And Luther Burden, by the way, was once again a huge decoy that took multiple defenders out of the play on a Brady Cook touchdown run in the red zone against Kentucky, just like happened against LSU as well. So believe me, Luther Burden is going to have plenty of of 
100-yard games for the rest of his career, and I think there's a pretty good chance he has another one against a South Carolina defense that hasn't shown much of an ability to defend the pass whatsoever. And overall, I also disagree with the idea that Missouri needs another wide receiver to step up. I've already sung the praises of Theo Weiss. I think Mookie Cooper has had by far his best season as a Tiger so far. He's been a really efficient option for Brady Cook so far. And obviously, I've gone on and on about Marquise Johnson as well. I also think Daniel Blood has had his moments, and Makai Miller certainly had his moments the last couple seasons before he had a bit of an odd hand injury at some point this season, I believe during the Kansas State game. So if Miller comes back, hey, Missouri's cup kind of runneth over with receiver options. So again, despite Dominic Lovett transferring, I like this wide receiver group better this season. Seemed like last year Missouri had far too many slot wide receivers. Well, it just seems like this group fits together much better, number one. And also, you look at the quarterback position. Obviously, that's been improved. I'd say running back has been about the same. Tight end, hey, I'm going to say slightly better, actually. Brett Norfleet, excuse me, four receptions for 40 yards on Saturday, I think he can even improve even more as the season goes along. I also think the Missouri offensive line has been noticeably better this season. I don't think you can say it's been the same at all. At the very least, it hasn't been worse. I know that for a fact, but I absolutely believe this Missouri offensive line has been significantly better in just about every aspect except, well, maybe bad snaps and penalties. But when it comes to blocking, I think the Missouri O-line has pass protected and run blocked better than last season. Defensively, you know, the safeties have been a mixed bag, just like I thought they were last season. I think that's about the same. I'd say the corners have been the same to slightly better, actually, with better depth. Drayden Norwood, Marcus Clark picked off a pass this weekend. Defensive tackles, I'd say, about the same. But unfortunately, I think our linebackers have been a little bit worse. Tyron Hopper's just missed a lot of tackles this season. Chad Bailey, not been there with a lot of injury problems. And I'd say the edge rushers, not quite up to par with what Isaiah McGuire did last season as well. Now, the Missouri kicking game, also I'd say worse overall. Harrison Mevis, kind of a concern right now. Once again, I was hoping we had gotten past that after the 61-yarder, but some of his kicks lately have just not been up to snuff. Just haven't been hit well, seemingly, quite honestly. And the return game, well, I'd say it's been about the same. So the Missouri special teams has definitely left a little bit to be desired so far, without a doubt. But overall, more most of these position groups, as you might expect, I think have been better than last season. And coming up at yesterday's local media day, Dennis Gates took an opportunity to once again passionately express his desire to expand the NCAA tournament. Well, I love Dennis's passion and I love him as a coach. I just can't quite get there on this particular point. So let's talk once again about expanding the tournament. But once again, I want to tell you also about prize picks, a skill-based real money daily fantasy 
a sports game, ah, prize picks, really just adds tons of excitement to the sports viewing experience, whether you're into college basketball, college football, of course, the NFL, even Euro basketball, along with the NBA. You've got it all coming here this fall with prize picks, offering frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Really, prize picks is the way to go from my experience with daily fantasy sports. Without a doubt. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, with the St. Louis Cardinals having a disappointing season, the the Kansas City Royals even worse. Well, maybe the maybe we Missouri MLB fans are the wrong ones to ask, but I'll just tell you my opinion. So far, I've just now started getting into the Major League Baseball playoffs. Now that we're into the ALCS and the NLCS, okay, I'm ready to watch some October baseball. But my point here is that all of this expansion into the wild card rounds, whether it's more football, whether it's more NFL playoffs, whether it's more NBA playoffs or an in an in season tournament, whatever it might be, I, I'm as big of a sports nerd as you're going to find for all of these sports, quite honestly. And yet, I find myself mostly uninterested in these expanded playoffs. I find myself skipping them over and watching or doing one of the myriad other options of entertainment we have in 2023 and waiting until the stakes get a little bit higher. And that's also been my experience with the NCAA tournament. To me, just as from a fan's and a consumer's perspective of the product, the 64-team model was perfect. I, I just think it's the right it's the right amount. It j- Why is it the right amount? I don't know. It just is. That's just my personal opinion. Now, of course, that's a completely subjective opinion, and your mileage may well vary. And certainly, Dennis Gates has taken another opportunity to talk to the media about how he wants to expand the tournament. And his main point yesterday, and it certainly makes a ton of sense, t- makes total logical sense, his point is that with over time, as interest in the product has expanded, as certainly the dollar bills in the product have expanded with TV money and revenue, well, the tournament expanded as well. That's been the history of the product. But you know what? It's basically been 64 to 65 to 68. Hey, the play-in games have added a little bit here. But for more or less, we've been at 64 to 68 for... 35 years, something like that. Apologies for not Googling this right now, but certainly the 1980s, as long as I can remember, we've been at mostly this current level. But again, with the expansion into the play-in games, how many of us have made that the appointment television that Thursday and Friday are, the opening rounds of the tournament, just that whole four-day weekend there, for, for a lack of a better term? That's appointment television. Now, you've got to really be a diehard basketball fan to make the the first four, to make that appointment television. Listen, don't get me wrong. If I'm sitting around with a friend and we have we just want to watch some basketball, hey, great, that'll do it. We'll have fun watching it. 
But just like the wild card rounds, the deeper you make them, the further you expand Major League Baseball playoffs, well, there is a law of diminishing returns in everything in life. Everything, no matter what your favorite meal is, for instance, if you love a good filet mignon from your favorite steak place in town, I promise you if you eat it for for a month straight, at a certain point you're going to want to go, hey, I want to just, I want to have a burrito. Give me something different. I'm tired of this. That's totally understandable. That's human nature. And you know what? I think we may have hit hit the peak in terms of not only the desire of the fans to to ingest this product, but just at a certain point, the TV dollars, the streaming dollars that have been thrown out here the last few years, the last couple decades, at a certain point, that's going to hit a wall. At a certain point, sports just can't get any more popular than it already is. It's already the most popular thing in the world. What's been propping it up is the fact that because there is so everything else has become so much more dispersed and sports has kind of remained the same in terms of popularity, well, relatively speaking, sports is all the more valuable. I just think that in this particular case, I think the NCAA should be a little bit more conservative in terms of expanding the tournament, or hey, if we if we break off from the NCAA and create a new tournament, you know, there's always going to be March Madness. Let's put it that way. I just think that whoever's in charge should be a little bit more conservative than say, hey, let's go to 96, let's go to 128, whatever it might be. I just think the law of diminishing returns would really come in hard. So anyway, I'd love to actually have this conversation with Dennis Gates. So come on, coach. I'd love to talk to you sometime and hear your perspective on the thing. But I just wanted to give my perspective as a longtime college basketball fan. But hey, give me your perspective as well. Hit me up in the comments, YouTube, Twitter, whatever you want, at Locked on Mizzou. Thanks for telling a friend we are free available wherever you get podcasts and, of course, ad-free on Amazon Music as well. So until next time, and for you everydayers, got a crossover episode with Andrew Lyon of Locked On Gamecocks. Also going to talk to Brian Smith, Locked On's lead recruiting analyst, about, of course, Williams Winery and Ryan Wingo, all the all the momentum heading Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz way right now. So until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.